Hi, you're listening to The Cardigan, a special series from Selfie, focusing on the intersection of psychology and self-care. I'm Kristen, a licensed therapist, a skilled catastrophizer, and mom of four. And I'm Matthias, a licensed therapist, side-eye aficionado, and a dog dad. We're going to be taking your mental health questions, chatting about our own journeys, and looking at psychology in the media. We hope you learned something about yourself, the people you love, and the world of mental health and maybe laugh a little along the way. So go grab some tea and your favorite cardigan and we'll meet you on the couch. Hey guys, well, we have a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about binging TV and TMJ jaw bullshit. Um, We are going to be answering a listener question about how to navigate co-parenting with someone who maybe under parents a little bit. We're going to hear from listener Jennifer on not regretting her abortion. So what I want you to know for today. And we're going to be talking in terms of psychology and pop culture about why Joe Rogan is so popular. Hey, Matthias. Hey, Kristen. Well, how has your mental health and self-care been this week? Yeah, I, I have been binging comfort tv <laughs> Ooh. now what is comfort tv for you because i find that varies person to person totally yeah it, it hang on surpri- hang on i want to yeah. guess okay yes guess what, what do you think i've been binging i think it's something really cheesy yes and maybe like late 90s rom-com adjacent uh, i mean you are not <laughs> off there as far as what i gravitate towards <laughs> like i think it could be princess diaries <laughs> totally and i have done that before kristen i have yes okay. th- this is this is not <laughs> not not right now but 100 percent, yeah anytime i'm like high or just needing something it is truly the late 90s you know like with the guitar music mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> yep. Mon- yep maybe a montage 100% yeah, yeah, I love those. It has been it's been the office right now. Um, oh, the office. Yeah, which I did not love when it was on. Like I thought it was okay, but uh-huh. it, it, I yeah, it is it is hitting the the right spot mm-hmm. right now. And yeah, that's such a good one. We it, um, it is. I binged that with my kids. They had never seen it. Oh yeah, and that was a hundred percent our pandemic. Like when I look back on this pandemic and the quarantine phase, the office will be a, one of the biggest memories. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. It's so, it, like, it's so good and awful. And like question, this would be interesting for us to talk about. Do you think Michael Scott has a personality disorder? Um, yeah, he's a Me little too. axis too, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Like histrionic or yeah. Uh, borderline i think histrionic like i i feel yeah. like i feel like so many people say narcissism and i'm like he's not a narcissist. he's not like, a narcissist right he, he doesn't have the cruelty of a narcissist yeah uh, but that like need for attention and the like this the risky sexualized ever like it's mm-hmm. I, I think histrionic yeah okay so i'm gonna read the the diagnosis the diagnostic criteria for histrionic, because I know many of our listeners are like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So um, this is what a histrionic personality disorder entails. Um, They have a persistent pattern of excessive emotionality and attention seeking. 
And this is shown by the presence of more than five of the following. Discomfort when they're not center of attention. Interaction with others that is inappropriately sexually seductive. Rapidly shifting and shallow expression of emotions. Consistent use of physical appearance to call attention to themselves. Speech is extremely impressionistic and vague. So they are kind of like chameleons with their speech. (laughs) Self-dramatization, theatricality, and extravagant expressions of emotion. They're easily suggestible. Um, and they interpret relationships as more intimate than they are. He is that. Right? He is that. Like to a T. <laughs> he for sure always thought he was better friends with people than they were. Yep. yep. He was the- so suggestible. Yep. He was so dramatic. Oh my gosh. He does yeah. have HPD. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's fascinating because that, I mean, it, it Histrionic sometimes can be malignant, but like his is so not. Although obviously, yeah. like knowing him, like if that were real life, I would not want to be around him. But <laughs> okay, here's another question for you: Have you watched Ted Lasso? Yes. How much of a difference is there for you between Michael Scott and Ted Lasso? Oh, interesting. My instinct is that there's a pretty big difference. Yeah. I just find flavors of Michael Scott in Ted Lasso. Sure. I can, I can, now that you're saying that I could see, I can see that. Particularly like the toxic positivity, Mm -hmm. the like pep talks that are cringy. And both of those characters are people I would not want to be seated by at a, at a dinner party. Right. Both of those characters are the ones you walk in and you're like, oh gosh, no, this night's going to suck. Right. Leave me alone. Yeah. (laughs) Avoid that person at all costs. I know yeah. that's an unpopular opinion, but <laughs> I don't know. There's shades of Michael Scott in Ted Lasso. I can I can see that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if some of it's also just like the extreme extrovert energy that I'm like, yeah. get away from me. <laughs> yes. That is true. That is true. Yeah. So TV, it's it's doing something. It feels yeah. really good right now. Good. And, and comforting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. How, how about you? Well, I am I am dealing with some TMJ bullshit right now. Mm. So TMJ, I don't even what I don't even know what it stands for. I'm gonna look it up right now and tell you. I should know that, right? Tempor mandibular joint. Okay. I did not know that. I didn't either. But you know what TMJ is. It's a jaw thing, right? Yeah, it's a jaw thing. Yeah. Okay. So ultimately, my jaw um, locks a lot. And okay. it'll get really sore. I grind my teeth and I hold a lot of tension in my jaw. So like when I'm sleeping, I will grind my teeth down to little nubbins. Mm. Like I've had um, my two front teeth. I've had um, at, like they've added stuff to the end of my teeth because I've ground them down. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I have to wear a night guard at night. It's super sexy, as I say. <laughs> um, but it's just really bothering me lately. And I think it's just because I have a lot of tension. And then I, I, I have to go back and forth between what I can eat. Um, so I can't eat a lot of foods. Like I mm. can't eat like a carrot or cabbage or anything too. Meat, meat is difficult. Um. Yeah, it's just it's just really bad right now. Mm. 
And it is something that is very difficult to treat. First of all, it's difficult to even figure out what doctor sees this. Yeah. Because I was going to an ENT and he was like, I don't really do this. So then he's like, well, you should go to a dentist. But I don't want to go to a dentist. Mm-hmm. I want to go to a doctor. Mm-hmm. And then I was doing physical therapy for it. And it didn't really help. So anyway, I, yeah, it's just bumming me out. God. Like, I, I think especially when things affect what foods you can eat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's particularly agonizing. It is. And then, you know, for example, there will be times where I don't have a choice with what I can eat. Right. And like when I go to, to onsite, that's a great example. You know, the food there is catered and like, it'll be food that I like, but like, I can't eat it. Or what happens a lot is if I'm eating with other people, it's kind of embarrassing. Because mm-hmm. I have to cut my food up really small. Sometimes my jaw will lock while I'm eating. Um, it takes me a really long time to eat. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Uh, yeah. And then the things suck. that are soft, like soft foods are bad foods, right? Like mac and cheese, pasta, a donut. Like <laughs> those are comfortable to eat. Sure. sure. And then things that are healthy like chicken, cabbage, kale, <laughs> vegetables, Anything raw, I mean, it's a no-go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't help either. So, no. yeah. I'm a little bit womp-womp about it right now. Fair. Yeah. 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 Fair. So, I don't know. I have my neck massager I talked about last week. That helps a little bit. Um, I have my stupid night guard. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should put this in the selfie group and see if anybody has some brilliant... Yeah. Remedies for TMJ. Some people might. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What do you have for two thumbs up today? Yeah. So city of Seattle, it is illegal not to compost. So. Okay. That just happened in California. Okay. Yeah. Great. So this might be for you too. I realized when I thought about it, I was like, oh, some people may not identify with this because composting is not a thing in a lot of the country. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) But compostable sponges. Ooh. I like, you know, like dish sponges, whatever, for cleaning the kitchen. Like, I really like them because I've been, I've been trying because, you know, we're automatically composting everything. I I try to purchase compostable things whenever I can. So Mm -hmm. I'm not adding to recycling. I'm not adding to the landfill. Just like if a compostable version exists. Yes. And if it's affordable, like I might as well buy that. Uh, And I, so I love these sponges because, you know, they're they're just like normal sponges, but I just throw them in the compost when I'm done with them and don't feel like I'm, you know, putting them in the garbage. Totally. I, they work really well. I don't know. I love them. So these this brand of compostable sponges is linked in the show notes. Um, okay. I am so embarrassed to say this. I use these sponges and I did not know they were compostable. <laughs> <laughs> like I've just been throwing them away. Yes. But I use these sponges. They're great. They're so great. Yeah. I mean, they're great to use. Okay. So I want to ask you this because I'm, I know we have listeners who probably don't compost And then this is a little bit new for me composting through the city because previously I composted using a composting bin in my backyard. Sure. You you know, so I was, I was actually doing the composting as opposed to setting aside and giving the composting to someone who who would do the composting. Right. Now, full disclosure, I have not set my bin back up since I moved 
And so I have not been composting other than we have a green bin. So <laughs> how do you compost? As far as... Like, what's your city? method? Yeah, what's your, oh, yeah. you know, do you have a, a bin by the sink? Do you, mm-hmm. you know, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, I have a little, like, stainless steel, it looks just like a little trash can yeah. compost bin mm-hmm. that I use, you know, compostable bags in. Yes. And I just throw all my food waste and my sponges and my Q-tips, like, all of those things yeah. go in the compost bin. Yep. Um, and then yeah. you just gather that every night and take it out to a green bin that your city takes? Or how do you, then what do you do with it? Yeah, I leave mine for a couple days like it has a my little composting has a carbon filter and the lid so like the smell although i've noticed like it doesn't really smell that bad uh anyway yeah like you know if it's starting to get gross then i'll take it out but usually in a couple days depending on whether i like threw eggs in there or whatever yes but yeah Yeah, Yeah, that um, that is a new rule in California. And while I have always, you know, we have a green bin, um, I have not been as diligent as I could or should be. So I'm going to try to up my game. Yeah, it's great. I mean, if it's available and if you do it, like I grew up with the backyard kind of stuff. Yeah, because we lived on a farm and my parents did that. But I I also don't think like the sponges work in your backyard. Like, it has to be, like, the commercially compostable. Yeah, I know. I don't think they would either. I don't think they would turn fast enough Right for the backyard composter. I do miss my little composter. I liked Mm. having it. I liked the, you know, turning turning it, watching it churn. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it takes up a lot of um, real estate in the backyard. Yeah, and it's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, and it is a lot of work. Yeah. And, you know, our city will do it for me, so. Right. So great. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Okay. So I have been attempting the plop method, which for my hair. Okay. I was like, I don't even, what? (laughs) I know. I'm sure you're like, what the hell are you talking about? So I have naturally wavy hair, um, which I, and my, my technique is that I then I straighten it and then I curl it because it's, I don't have good waves. Mm. They're like inconsistent and frizzy but i've been watching this plop method which is basically where you like keep your hair super wet you turn it upside down you um put your hair like in a specific way into a t-shirt and then you dry it in the t-shirt oh interesting so sarah james former selfie um co-host is doing this method we have very similar hair it's looking good for her but my thing is Okay, I I draw the line at drawing my hair in an actual T-shirt. Fair. <laughs> like, I know it's fine that people do it, but for whatever reason, keeping an old T-shirt in my bathroom that I dry my hair with and then hang back up, I just, I can't do it. Yeah. I just can't. Sure. So I went on the look for, I, I was like, surely someone has created a product that does the same thing. But then looks like a towel when you hang it up in your bathroom. And, of Uh course, someone has. And, you know, of course, it's $25 where an old T-shirt is free. But I am a princess and I bought it. (laughs) Um, So it's just a basically long piece of fabric that's T-shirt material. um, But I'm really liking it. Hmm. So, you you know, you put it on your hair like a turban. I mean, it's much like drying your hair with a towel. But word on the street is that because it's not like a towel with, like, the nubbins of a towel – Oh, yeah. Um, it's smooth. 
and it's microfiber, so it supposedly dries your hair faster. I don't, I, you know what? I've been using it for a week, and I'm going to say I do think it's true. Huh. I, yeah, yeah. So anyway, if you wanted to try the hair plopping method or the t-shirt drying method, but you don't want a t-shirt wrapped around your head, highly recommend this. It's cute, too. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to answer the door with it on, but... <laughs> I totally would. (laughs) (laughs) But it's better than a t-shirt. Fair. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Our What I Want You to Know today is from a listener named Jennifer, and she is talking about why she does not regret her abortion. What I want you to know about my abortion and why I don't regret it. Ironies of all ironies, 18 years ago, I had just settled down with the one. After some wild years, and although we waited to sleep together until three to four months into our relationship... The first time we had sex, I got pregnant. I was on the pill. I took it religiously. It failed. I remember my symptoms before I realized I was pregnant. I slept all day. I craved meat. I was ravenous. Then I took the test, and that's when I became nauseous. For for two days, I kept it in. Then finally, I shared with my then-boyfriend. I was 25 in a new relationship with a man I knew to be the one, and I knew my decision. I just didn't know what he would want. He had been adopted. When I told him I was pregnant, he hugged me and cried with me. When I told him my plans to abort, he hugged me closer. He agreed with my decision and made it clear it was my decision. We talked hypotheticals, but nothing gave us the peace we desired like an abortion did. I struggled over that sentence. It sounds selfish and cruel, yet I have never thought of our decision as selfish, but rather prudent. I had always been pro-choice and always thought I'll never have an abortion as birth control. But here I was doing just that. But once my decision was made, it was made. And I felt absolutely at peace. And thankfully, absolutely thankfully, I felt at peace every day since. I kept track of things in the early years. Like I'd be this many months pregnant now or a baby would be this old, etc. But eventually that need to remind myself faded. The boyfriend and I are married now, and we started the family on our terms. We have a daughter, and when it's age appropriate, I plan to share with her that I had an abortion, so she knows her options, and she knows her mother isn't perfect, and so she knows that birth control isn't 100%. I don't wear my history like a badge, but I'm not ashamed either. Those who needed to know know, and those we needed to share with know, but otherwise, it's just not discussed. I feel for those women and families who are haunted by their decisions, and I pray for them. Peace. It wasn't a decision we made lightly, but it was the right one for us and a decision we were absolutely at peace with. Thank you, Jennifer. If you are listening and you have a specific issue in your life that you wish people better understood, we would love to have you uh, reach out to us and let us know. We'll put this in um, our Facebook group and in the show notes, how you can submit your own, what I want you to know to the show. All right. You want to um, go to our listener question? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. So today's listener question is someone looking for advice on co-parenting with a parent who underparents. Mm-hmm. Um, she said the co-parent is more of a friend to the kids than the dad. My kids go over a couple days a week and he will be, kind of immature with them. Um, I get frustrated because he's very passive and avoidant on 
on everything, including parenting. It turns into him texting me and telling me that one of the kids is having a hard time and I get involved. Mm. I don't want to be in the middle, but I want my kids to know I have their back and I want my ex to actually step up and parent. Um, he says he wants to work together, but when they involve me and I say something he doesn't like, I get defensive texts saying I'm belittling him, but yet he doesn't seem capable of doing it on his own. Goodness gracious. I could have written this, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) This is not me. So, but I'll say this is a tricky balance Mm -hmm. because conventional wisdom says triangulation is wrong and bad, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But if your kids are struggling at the other parent's house and then they reach out to you, feels wrong to just ignore right because if they reach out to you know if my kids reach out to me about like i'm struggling with a friend i'm struggling at school if they reach out to me about any other problem i would be like how can i help let's resource let's talk it through Mm -hmm. but then if they're like i'm having a hard time at dad's house i'm like well take it up with dad right right but then if if you talk with them about it, it is triangulating. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. what do I I mean, what does this listener do, Matthias? <laughs> Great. Leave me with the easy one. Because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I well, I I don't know either, to be honest. Like, like I yeah. think it, that sense of I mean exactly what you're saying. Your, your kid is reaching out for support and, right. and, and that sense of I'm not going to help you because mm-hmm. you're at your other parents like that doesn't feel supportive. No. Yet <laughs> you have these relational dynamics of the other parent. It sounds like thinks he's parenting. Yeah. <laughs> and is getting mad. Like it's, it's interesting that she says that he's he's passive everywhere it sounds like passive all the way up until she says something right and then and then he's not passive anymore um (sighs) yeah i think i mean i think the one boundary to hold in this is well first of all i do think you do have to let your ex kind of fail Mm mm-hmm I think you do have to kind of go, it's going to be different over there. I can't rescue or change. And so the way that I've tried to navigate this is I'm available to listen, but not to solve. Mm -hmm. And so I will say things like, you know, I'm really sorry. And then I'll try to like help them resource. Like, what do you think you should do? Have you talked to him about this? Can, what can you say to him? How can you talk to him in a way that he'll listen? Mm-hmm. But I I will no longer text my ex and say, you need to X, Y, Z, or why did you? Or, you know, yeah. I will try to help my child communicate. That, that feels really wise. I, I mean, the a sense of it, it is keeping the relationship with you and your child mm-hmm. and letting them practice some agency also helping them you know understanding how to work in relationship but you're also holding that boundary of yeah i'm not doing this with that person anymore right 
Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it's really hard too to kind of let go and watch things fall apart. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when the relationship dynamic, as it is for many people, is that there's one kind of functioning parent and one who's more passive, that's the only way for them to step up and learn to do it on their own. Right. Right. Because if you keep doing it. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, when you're not married anymore, there's no longer a contract of shared responsibility. It's everyone doing everything at one house and everyone doing everything at another house. And that it's hard to move out of those roles Mm -hmm. and into that new role of like, oh, it's it's all me. And then it's not me at all. Right. With the other parent. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. can be really, really difficult. Yeah, yeah. Co-parenting is fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I am continually trying to give my kids tools to communicate and advocate for themselves. That's, that's what I'm always thinking. Right. And, and also I hear, I hear the support in that too. Yeah. Like that. I am here for you. I'm not going to do it for you. Yep. (laughs) I can't, I can't do it. You're modeling those healthy boundaries. Yeah. And I'm always, you know, also thinking about future relationships and like, what do I not only want them to learn in their engagement with their father, but with their engagement in the world, right? Yep. So like, how can I train them to set boundaries? How can I train them to use I statements to talk in a way that will be heard as opposed to dismissed? All Mm. of that. Mm. It's hard. Yeah, it's so hard. All right. So today for Psych and Pop Culture... Joe Rogan. Ugh. <laughs> what is your visceral take of Joe Rogan? I like no I like barely know anything about Joe Rogan and my I know. visceral take is ugh. Like <laughs> Okay, so remind me though, like I feel like did he have a TV show? Like he wasn't always like this political podcaster. I don't know. What's the Joe Rogan backstory? I have I have literally no idea. I Kristen. swear he had a TV show. I'm going to look it up. How did he get? Yeah, I don't know how he got famous. All I know is he has like the most listened to podcast in the world. Oh my gosh, you're going to die. You know what it was? He he was on TV. Fear Factor. No. Yeah. What? Fear Factor. Was he a contestant? He was the host. No. Yeah. What? Yeah. Fear Factor back in the day. And then he was um on... He was a st- okay, so he was a stand-up comedian. Then he was on Hardball. Um, he was on new news radio. He was an actor. What? Yeah, right. Did you ever watch? No, that's before your time. News radio was like 1995. I did yeah. watch that. <laughs> then he was a UFC commentator. Okay. And then and this he is was all starting to make more sense. Uh, yes, and then he was the host of Fear Factor for almost ten years. Um, wow! And then he did comedy specials. I have never seen him do stand up. This is all news to me. This same. And then he had a show. Okay, I do remember this. He had a show called The Joe Rogan Experience. Wasn't that the name of his podcast? Yeah. Oh, no. Sorry. The show was Joe Rogan Questions Everything. Oh. That was yeah. the show. Okay. That okay. makes that tracks. So he's had this podcast for since 2009. That is a long time ago for a podcast. Seriously. I was not listening to a podcast in 2009. In 2009? No. no like, we were also like blogging then. 
I was blogging. I was maybe listening to NPR. Right. But I wasn't calling it a podcast. Mm-hmm. So so that, okay, this is all making a little more sense here. So he's <laughs> had this podcast since 2009. It was picked up by Sirius Radio in 2011. Okay. So that all makes a little more sense. But anyway, I mean, I feel like he's been in the news a ton lately. Well, specifically last week, because Neil Young said to Spotify, if you keep Joe Rogan on Spotify, you can't play my music. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I know you're younger than me, so the significance of Neil Young might be lost on you. Yeah, I don't know who that is, Kristen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay. I was like, literally, when I saw this news, I was like, who's Neil Young? Like, is um, that going to make any difference? Have you heard of James Taylor? Yes. I, I mean, he's up there. Okay. Classic, okay. like, classic rock. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. He's really good. Um, I mean, he, yeah. O- old white guy music. Okay. Oh, I kind of like recognize him from photos yeah i was like well it's not taylor swift like are they gonna care i know no they might they might (laughs) but but i i will say this too full disclosure we are reporting this a week in advance um so i'm a bit curious between now and this going up there might be even more people but Mm -hmm. there are definitely sponsors and artists who are beginning to kind of boycott things if joe rogan is in any way associated why it's the anti-vaxxer stuff, right? It's the anti-vaxxer stuff, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yes. And what's, but what is interesting is he's not – this is what is fascinating to me about Joe Rogan. He is not anti-vax per se. He gives a platform to this stuff. And, and mm-hmm. what is fascinating to me is he's one of those guys who enjoys being a contrarian. Right. And he enjoys poking at conventional wisdom, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. And then he does this plausible den- deniability thing where he goes, well, I didn't say that. I just had a guest on that said that. Right. Ugh. It, like, it, the, that stuff is so gross to me. Yes. Because it, it's a kind of, it's insidious. It, right. It's insidious. It's it's a shirking of responsibility. Yeah. It's, uh, well, who, like, who am I? I just had a guess. It was like, yeah, but you've millions of people who listen to you, too. Yeah. It, it's, it feel, I mean, it's not gaslighting, but it feels gaslighty. It, well, I mean, that the word gaslighting has been used with mm, him for, mm. you know, by a lot of people. But what's interesting is, you know, he has... He's been problematic well before. Yes. You know, well before um, any of this vaccine controversy, um, people have been writing about the problem with him for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that the guy really gets off on the attention he gets from being controversial. Right. And then I feel like people then feel like when they're listening to him, like that they are now free thinkers too. Yes. He he feeds that kind of sense of, I think it's the, it's the white male, the, the me kind of people who aren't thinking for themselves, (laughs) but think that just because someone is so good at disagreeing, then therefore that's an original thought. Yeah. It was what's kind of fascinating about Joe Rogan to me also 
he's not, he doesn't fall along party lines in either direction. He can sometimes really pander to a conservative base. He can sometimes really pander to others. So I know people who are Christian conservatives who love him. I know people who are more central that love him. He will have far right people on, um, but then he's very, really liberal in some areas. Mm -hmm. Um, He's definitely not like a, you know, a conservative Christian, but conservative Christians really like him. Right. Why? Yeah. Authoritarianism. I like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I do think that there is something, yeah, about that authoritarian personality because when he talks, he knows everything. Mm-hmm. He is that toxic male, like everyone else is an idiot. He knows all. Right. And it is his personality wise. I'm not, I'm not talking theories or opinions, right. but personality wise, he does remind me a lot of Trump. Mm-hmm. He reminds me a lot of Bill Maher, mm-hmm. um, Ben Shapiro. It's just, it's the toxic white guy who knows everything and people are drawn to that. Oh my gosh. You know who else he reminds me of? That pastor, Mark Driscoll. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. So similar. So similar. They're yeah. condescending. They're know-it-all and people lap it up. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Do we just want to be told what to do? I think, I mean, I do think that some of it, yeah, there's, there's something so lovely. I mean, that, that (laughs) lovely is the wrong word, but that mix of shame and contempt, especially when we have a self-conception of shame and contempt, that like the sense of there is something wrong with me. Someone can hijack that with authority. Like that is a recipe for following that person like they can continue to convince you there's something wrong with you and i have the answer yeah right yes and i think that people also really love a maverick you know they love that idea that he's you know he's he's blowing shit up like he you know he he isn't just following the pack like people love that too Mm -hmm. even when it starts to make no sense i mean the guy is fully dangerous he is telling people not to get vaccinated he continually gives a platform to white supremacists right and again he'll do the same thing look well i don't know we're just you know we're just asking questions right um and people people love that they think he's shaking things up no right and he's not he's just i mean he has you know he has had people on to talk about critical race theory he's talking about you know he's had people on who are anti-trans and yet he just kind of skirts around those things by just saying well we're just having a conversation right yeah i don't know it is it's interesting i i will be curious to see what happens um but he is a lightning rod right now Mm -hmm. and people Mm -hmm. love him or hate him Clearly, I hate him because all I, I can do is just make that noise. <laughs> I know. Oh, I i mean, I can't stand him. And I feel like when – and I've had people I know and respect and people that I generally agree with politically be like, oh, man, I love – I love jo- – you know, I love Joe Rogan. He's not afraid to say it. He's not afraid right. to say it. Like, right. Say what? Right. Yeah. I'm not afraid to say anything either. 
I mean, <laughs> really, like, I'm not afraid to say things, but totally. I would never be in that category because I don't say things like I have all of it figured out. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. I, I constantly go back to I don't remember who I heard say this first, but like uh, that idea of like, we don't need devil's advocates. The devil already has enough advocates. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, stop yes. playing devil's advocate. There's totally. already enough out there. And totally. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I would just say, I mean, I don't want to demean. I'm, I'm sure we have listeners who love Joe Rogan. And this is what I would say. Really contemplate what it is about him that attracts you. And consider if there's, I don't know, more work to be done in that area. That's what I would say. Did you have an authoritarian father and it's familiar? I don't <laughs> right. Right. Maybe look more deeply into that. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Just a heads up, we're therapists, but we're not your therapists. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy, and by making it, we're not rendering psychological or other professional services. If you need therapy, we recommend you track down someone to help. Join us online for more of the conversation in our Selfie Community Facebook group or on Instagram at at Selfie Podcast. 